You are listening to the Halftime Subs. Now here are your hosts, Brett and Curtis. Good morning, Halftime Subs. How are we doing today? I am your host, Brett, along with my co-host, Curtis. You can hear us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Halftime Subs. It was an awesome week three. It was an awesome weekend, starting in college, and the Rays clinched the division. I got to go to the Gator game, and Curtis, what did you do this weekend? I yelled, uh, go Bills. Hey. Uh, Go Michigan State. That was a hell of a game. We won in overtime. That's good, man. I was, I was, I was almost lost my mind. Uh, was with Ty Saturday night. You know, mm-hmm. uh, his wife had her birthday party, mm-hmm. so you know we we enjoyed that uh that Saturday night. You know, fever Saturday yeah, night fever. Yeah, you know it was it was like a fiesta. It was a hell it was yeah. a nice party. I enjoyed it. You know, shout out to Essence. Love you. Happy mm-hmm. belated birthday. Um. Yep. But. Overall, through the weekend, it was great. Hell yeah, my um. So I got to take my son to his first Gator game, which was badass. Got to listen to the to the Swamp Crowd for the first time. But Gators won. I think they look pretty good. Emery is on pace to run for like twelve hundred yards. Not bad. My boy got to make some better decisions on the football, some quicker decisions. But overall, good game. Always good to beat Tennessee. Guys, we are going to kick this show off. With NFL, though, because, guys, that's where it's at. Now, I do want to say this. We did a fantasy show last week, and I had two people hit me up saying that they uh, they listened to some ideas that I had off that show. And one actually ended up winning, I think, 60 bucks on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I don't know how much he won, but he said he won a few bucks. So, how, however that works out, i got to tell you all, I was pretty happy to hear that. So, congratulations to both of y'all. That makes me very excited for y'all. I want to start with the, with the Monday night game. Monday night. Cowboys, Eagles. Cowboys got the win. That Big D must stand for Big Dallas defense because that defense is churning right now. Diggs is no joke. Micah Parsons coming off the edge is no joke. Uh, Jalen Smith in the middle and Vandisher in the middle holding things down. Like That defense is looking legit, man. And it's like you got... You got the older guys on the defense that are still, you know, balling to the potential that they do it at. And then you got these young guys that's like, okay, we don't really know how good you guys really are. And right now they're just outstanding. Like, Well, you're getting the idea because uh, Micah Parsons coming out was, you know, touted as being a you know, big-time player. Oh, yeah. And with Diggs, you got to think he's trained with his brother all offseason long. So he's going to be right and you know he's going to be going as one of the best receivers in nfl and that's how he's training so i mean that's obviously going to step your game up um but the defensive unit as a whole is playing really good and they're they're playing against some pretty good offenses so far um so you know i mean the Chargers' offense is no joke chiefs found that out this weekend yeah you know the eagles can score points not last night the Bucks can score a lot of points, you know, and they forced four turnovers in that game. I mean, so that's pretty good, man. Yeah, this I, um, week three was wild. It was, man. So I kind of my big things in this though was basically Zeke Zeke going Hulk mode, having you know those power runs, and then Dax just straight emotion for the game. 
like starting it the was, game where he finally gets to play at home again. He was crying and, and during the national anthem. But it's so understandable because look that, what he went through. And he said they said um you know when they interviewed him talking about the whole situation of you know how did you feel with this whole injury? He said it was a blessing mm-hmm. and it, it threw everybody off and. When I sat back and I thought about it, I was like, maybe I could see it as a blessing as well. Because when you go through something, you want to see how it makes you a better person. What is it going to do to you? And then for Dak, it made him a better person, a better player, a better teammate. And right now, the Cowboys are rolling. So whatever he he feels he's doing, he's doing it right at this point. Zeke was averaging 5.6 yards a carry, busting dudes in the head. He had two tutties. Uh, Pollard ran for like another 60 yards and like 11 yeah. touches. Um, you know, Zeke had 95 yards. Dak went for 238 and three touchdowns and was the definition of efficient for 21 for 26. Um, That's wild. And that defense was on lockdown. Now, I think Dallas is good. I've been, I was preaching Dallas is better than everybody thinks they are. I've been preaching, preaching, preaching it. I think they're finally starting to show it. Um, next week, they get Carolina. In Dallas. It's going to be a um, test for Carolina. And I think, you know, Carolina gets their first loss. I'm just throwing that out there now. It's a little early for picks, but I'm throwing it out there. The Eagles. It's never too early. Never too early. <laughs> the Eagles, uh, yo, y'all got to be patient with my boy, with Jalen. I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm obviously, I like the Cowboys, so me and the Eagles don't get along. I mean, but I'm a Jalen fan. Yeah. The was... one pick he threw, the receiver was, you know, literally falling down as the ball came out of his hand. Uh, then Diggs takes it to the house. Can't really help that. If he doesn't fall, worst case scenario, it's an incomplete pass. I don't think Diggs takes it to the house if the receiver doesn't fall down. Um, another thing is the game plan. What in the absolute hell kind of game plan is it where your running backs have, your running backs in total have three carries? Period. Three carries for the running backs. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know what I'm saying? So, that's not a very good game plan. It's not, that's, that's not how you're going to win football games, especially with having, you know, a younger quarterback in Jalen and still learning this offense. And on top of it, you're missing three offensive linemen. Three of the offensive linemen were out for the game. Well, one got hurt during the game. The other two were out prior to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's not... <laughs> they didn't help the dude out, none. You know what I'm saying? So... That's actually between him and Nagy. I don't know who who gets the loser coach of the week, but it's going to be one of those two guys. Because my God, no, it's, it's both Nagy. those game plans were just god awful. Nagy, Nagy's got that. Oh, so week. bad. However, we do have some breaking news just right off rip, um, and I am excited to say it's ready. Breaking news. Maybe not. It's not working. My little buttons aren't working. <laughs> Oh, oh well, I had a little little graphic ready for it and everything. I was all excited, <laughs> and that shit failed. Um, anyways, breaking news. Richard Sherman is currently in Tampa. It is a Tuesday morning, um, and Richard Sherman is here. He is working out with the team, and apparently they are already in talks. Like, that's already a thing. His agent's here, too, uh, so they're doing their thing. Um, that's pretty exciting. So we'll we'll go into the Bucks issues here in a second, but I had to had to break us up for some breaking news. You know what I'm saying? If I was Richard, I'm I'm going Tampa over Carolina. Yeah, there's no way. Well, Carolina just traded for a receiver this weekend, so uh, they traded their backup tight end for somebody. I'm not even sure who. Um, So that works out. Um, I think Richard's term would be great, considering the Bucks have uh, nobody in the defensive backfield currently. 
But nonetheless, we'll get to that here in a second. Oh, there my breaking news. There it went. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, just act like that didn't happen. Amateur. And listen to this again. Amateur hour for <laughs> life. <laughs> wow. That's literally how we roll up in this bitch. Um, but yeah, man. Patience, guys. Patience with Jalen Hurts. He had three missing offensive linemen. Um, you know, he had receivers falling down. He's got a coach who did not build that game plan around him well yesterday. Um, y'all got to give that dude a chance because he's showing flashes to where you can see he has it. He's it, that last touchdown pass yes. that he threw was like, okay, this rivalry is about to be amazing in the well, years to come. If the Eagles can figure it out, so yeah. one of the things the Eagles do have going for them is that Carson Wentz trade is going to pay off big. So as long as he keeps showing up. You know, cause I'm not really sure he wants to be in Indianapolis. I've said that. But they have two first-round draft picks already for next year. Mm-hmm. Then you take that. They also get a first-round pick for Wentz, or the second-round pick for Wentz. But if Wentz plays more than 75 snaps, then um, then or 75% of the snaps, then it turns into another first-round pick. So the Eagles are looking at potentially having three first-round picks next year. Oh, shit. They could package that for players. They could pick all three players. I mean, look at that, man. Yeah, they were looking at uh, a lot of their uh, their top prospects on their team. Now that they have, like, the top stars on their offense mm-hmm. were literally drafted in, like, the past three years. Yeah. I, if I, I mean, if I'm them, too, I'm, I'm looking at offensive linemen. Yeah, I'm probably going to – I'm going to try to – I'm probably going to keep two of the picks and probably trade one of the picks is probably what I would do. I probably like I would take yeah. if especially depending on where they're at in the draft if someone in, were in that range they are they said is, first round picks is, yeah so if they're in the range of a good defensive lineman a uh, good offensive Ooh. lineman I go ahead and grab them and then trade that first round pick dude people will take first round pick like a, you know yeah I can see I would go wide receiver and see if I can get a get a get veteran a, yep, or get him another wide or, receiver and then knows. that team is gonna be man I'll have two wide yeah. two legit wideouts and then get O line um, I'll get O line because you got a running back you got your your quarterback you got a wide receiver a tight end beef up that that inside real quick that's where I would go I would either trade that first that the the first pick that we have i'll probably trade that and see you know what what veteran wide receiver we could get or pick the top wide receiver out of the you know this class maybe mm-hmm. and grow let you know let that guy grow with uh Jalen and Devontae and and just go from there but i don't know I'm, i don't want to get that far into the nfl season i told somebody the other day i was like listen i had to go through my sunday withdrawals they're like what I'm like you. You never felt that 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 sad feeling in your gut when, you know, it's in between the last, you know, Saturday Sunday afternoon game before the Sunday night game. It's like that hour of just <laughs> dead time. And well, you sometimes literally, you're, sometimes you're trying to catch yourself too, though, because like so much goes on. So sometimes you sit back and go, "Whew." All right, we're okay. Yeah, this is going on. Then there's other times going. It's been so fun too at times, or if it's you're going all right. It's like I'm ready for more. Six or... straight, you know, six to seven hours of straight football, mm-hmm. and then it's like, as soon as it's gone, it's like, and it just evaporates <laughs> in thin air, and you're sad, and you're like, dang, bro, this Sunday night. And game. then the last couple hours leading up to the Monday night game, especially if it's a Monday night game like last night that you're looking forward to, it oh seems like God. those two or three hours take six so hours. And you're going, long. oh my God, and then you're just like. Like I tell, like I tell everybody, I'm like, listen, my Sunday withdrawals come in, bro. 
and then don't let it be a Sunday night game where it's not that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be really depressed on Sunday night. Like, <laughs> what am I? What else? Like, no. Like, you know, I'm okay. My team won. That's great. But like next week's game, all right. You got the Patriots and the Bucks. I'm I'm intrigued in that because I do want to see Brady break this record. But at the same time, he's going back home. Like speaking of the Bucks, let's go ahead and move to the next one because I'm gonna. At the end of that, I'm going to go ahead and explain to you why I feel so terrible for the Patriots. Oh, me too. So, Rams air it out over Tampa Bay. Um, 34-24. Uh, Rams 3-0. Bucks 2-1. Uh, calm down. Everybody. Rams fans, calm down. They got to calm fan. down. The Bucks. Bucks fans, calm down. Teams like the Bucks need a loss. Yes, they do. Like For one, they need to wake up. Now, the Rams played a phenomenal game, had a phenomenal game plan, but they had to play legitimately a perfect game, especially on offense. The Bucks are missing JPP, two corners, really three corners, um, and you got a lot of injuries, man. Yeah. Calm down. It's okay. Um, Tom Brady still threw for 432 yards. Matt Stafford was 343 with four touchdowns, which was fantastic. I was actually texting my, one of my friends during the game, and I told her, I was like, I literally would not run another, like, I wouldn't run a single time the rest of the game. Because the Bucks are, the guys the Bucks are running out there on corner were on the practice squad two weeks ago, bro. Like, outside of Carlton Davis. We oh. had backup safeties playing corner, you know, trying to figure things out. Um, so, calm down. The Rams had to play legitimately. And if you notice this, too, this is another thing. Those first two series, we were getting some pressure on Stafford. Mm-hmm. The first play of the game, Devin White comes free on a blitz and absolutely destroyed Matthew Stafford. I mean, lit his ass up. And now he got back up, no issues, no injuries, nothing. But the fact is, is he was getting hit those first two series. First two series, he was one for six. You know Jesus. what I'm saying? One for six in the first two series. Now, he was throwing the ball high. He was coming out hot. But after that, if you notice, they made the adjustment. Mm-hmm. Those first two those first two series, they weren't doing those quick outs. They weren't doing anything like that. They were doing, these, they were doing these, these longer developing plays, and Stafford was getting hit. You know, he got hit like four times in the first two possessions. So, you know, that's, that's a lot in two possessions. Um, so what they did was, this is where the brilliant game plan comes in, Everything started short. On the third possession, the first play was a screen to Robert Wood. The very next play was a, uh, it wasn't really a screen, it was more like a swinging out uh, to, I forgot the, guy, the guy's name now. Anyways, whoever it was. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they got a first down after that. Then they hit the quick out to Cup, and then they hit a slant to, I think, Woods again is how that went. But it went quick. It mm-hmm. didn't give the Bucks a chance to, to get at him again. Yeah. Um, and that's brilliant game planning. So no argument for me there. But it took them to play a perfect game and the Bucks to be extremely injured to win that game. So And they're at home. Calm down, everybody. Yeah. Calm and down. Yeah, I think it was, it was Brady's first time in L.A. It was uh, their first time. Well, see, I wasn't even going for that part. It was just the fact it was finally the Rams finally got to play at home. Yeah, that's, that's and, basically. But you know. if you take 
you take, you know, the Bucks were still doing their penalty thing, which I don't know what the hell's going on with that. But the Rams had, I think, one penalty the whole game, or I don't even remember if it was one or two or something like that. They played an extremely clean game. They were extremely well coached and ready. They were they were extremely amped up and they were fired up and they were physical. They were doing what they were supposed to do. But it legitimately took, you know, a depleted defense and the Rams perfect offensive game plan for them to beat Tampa. And then their, if, their fans had their back. Let's go ahead and be very loud. I'm going to be very, very clear. I don't care if I hurt your feelings or not, whoever you are. As Rams fans, y'all can say it's a hot take or whatever. If the Bucks are healthy, and let's just say a neutral site. I won't even say in Tampa. A neutral site Bucks one. Like, I'm not even scared to say that. You had no AB, which obviously very much affected the game plan. Um, you could see that almost immediately. The other thing is I do have a problem with what the Bucks wrote up. We don't need Tom Brady throwing the ball 50-plus times a game. We don't need that. You don't need Tom Brady leading the rushing yards. You do yards not need Tom Brady either. leading leading your team in rushing yards either. they got to figure that shit out. But I'm just he saying, in the end zone. yeah, it's week three. Let's calm down. Let's pump the brakes. He ran in the end zone. He sure did. I'm shocked. Let's let's uh <laughs> let's pump the brakes a little bit. Rams, very good win. Bucks, it's okay. Bucks fans, it's okay. Yeah, there's no and panic. And to be honest with you, it's like I told my friend when we were texting. This is good for Tampa. They need this sometimes. There are certain teams that just need this. Um, they need to be knocked around a little bit. Um, and. As bad as things were, there was actually a few good things in that game, too, that you look at and go, man, if that goes just a little bit differently, this game's completely different. You know, the ball bounces off of Grok's hands in the end zone. You score there, you're tied up anyways at 14-14 at that point. Mm-hmm. You're in the game. So you just you don't know how little things like that will change. Um, so I think it's calmed down. I think the Rams are very good. I think the Rams are going to continue to be good. Um, but you don't want to be playing your best football in September. That's just week three is not when you want to play your best football. You'll be playing your best football those last few weeks of the season going to the playoffs when you're when you're you're amping up for it. So somebody should have told that to so, the Panthers. So <laughs> calm down, everybody. Just chill out. It's week three. The Bucks are fine. The Rams are gonna be good. There's nothing wrong with anybody. Just the Bucks the Bucks have got a lot of injuries. They're having depth issues, and that's why Richard Sherman's in Tampa right now. I mean, there's no other way to put that. He wouldn't be here if there was no injuries. Yeah, that is true. Um, I don't know. I I just, you know, Everybody needs that loss. Um, there's way too many teams that are way too damn good to have a panic mm-hmm. after one loss like this. Uh, just That's just one of those be careful things. Yeah, just remember, the last time we saw Tom Brady get pissed off like he was yesterday, I just, or, I'm sorry, Sunday, I want you all to remember this. The Rams beat the Bucks last year, okay? That was the last time the Bucks had lost in 11 games. They had ripped off. You know, the win streak, the Super Bowl, everything else, and they're scoring 30 points a game. And so I want y'all to be very clear a pissed off Tom Brady is the best Tom Brady. I wonder how he feels. Like, he uh, did you see the thing where he, because you know how he's always doing the, the LFG let's effing go thing? Well, did you see the video on Twitter where they caught him? The camera caught him mouthing, um, he said, F C bomb S. MFR. So it was. Wow. You got it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, we can't say the one word. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. can't say the one word. Um, 
But yeah, so it was kind of funny how he switched it up from LFG to, to whatever that. <laughs> to, uh, you know, uh, to, that's Brady. Man. Brady, so, Brady is a. I think what people don't see about Brady is he is a. He's a creative, funny guy. He is. And I don't think we get to see that because he's great at football, so we just hate him a lot. Don't. Yeah. And and that's where that's where it's just like, you know, we, we don't care. But he's a cool guy. Yep. I you know, I can't wait to see uh what next week brings for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all you know, you always see did you see uh him with his head down on the sidelines. That's a bad. That's, that's, that's a scary bad. sight for I, the I've next week's that, team. I've seen that sight way too uh-huh. many times in my life. So, so uh, Patriots. I know he's coming know. in hot. Matt Jones off another three interception game, and then you got the you got Tampa coming in there looking pissed off. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. However, Rams good game plan. Um, I think that Sean McVay deserves a round of applause. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they ruined Brady's and, uh, 44th stadium visit. That's cool, man. However, let's just calm down. Yeah, take for a sure, breath. For calm sure. down. Take a breath. Um, next game I want to go to is the Chargers absolutely put the bolts on the Chiefs. Like now, that bolts, that's Chargers. One eight. thing that with having good teams like uh, the Chiefs and the Bucks, that's one thing the Bucks literally have that the Chiefs don't have. They have control over their entire division like outright like we could look at we could look at the division and say all right come on now it's Jameis Jameis isn't going to take over but with the Chargers it's like the Chargers could do it then you got the Raiders and you got the Chiefs and then it's like the Chiefs are at the bottom of their division right now don't forget the division leaders and now you're looking at the Broncos 3-0 yeah oh yeah you can't and then that's what I'm saying like their their whole AFC West out there looks a little wild, and it looks amazing to me. But well, I think that's thing. one thing the Bucks have. Oh, they have complete control because the Panthers. Right, so the Chiefs had four turnovers. Yeah. Chargers forced four turnovers. Here is what's going on this year as opposed to last year. Because I've already heard two people try to tell me the Chiefs suck this year. No, they don't. No. The Bucks put a game plan together and developed a blueprint the rest of the copycat league is now doing. The NFL is a copycat league. Everybody in the league last year watched the Super Bowl. They saw what Tampa did to them, making it to where they couldn't have the big play. They put a top on the defense. They make sure no one can pop the top on the defense. They keep Terry Kill in front of them and then force them to methodically go down the field. Mm-hmm. And what you're seeing is, is they're struggling to do that because that's not their style. Their style is big play, big bang. Yeah. You know, that's what they do. They're airing it out. They're not a team that you look to have over a hundred yards rushing in the game every single week. You don't, just don't yeah. look for that. Nah. Yesterday they had like a hundred and I forgot what it was like one hundred and forty yards rushing in the game. Um, so, but that's just not what they do. So everybody's forcing them to stay in front of them and to have to be patient to score. Now they were still scoring. Um, Patrick Mahomes was running for his life a ton. Joey Bosa was like a fucking wrecking ball. Um, there's, Even though he only Joey Bosa only had he only had like one sack yesterday, but the amount of times that he was coming off the edge and having to rush a throw, or just touching him and hitting him, making sure Mahomes remembered he was there. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, just in case you forgot, I'm right here, bro. Like he was coming to smack some dude in the mouth, and that was impressive, man. Joey Bosa looked really good yesterday, but that whole that Chargers defense looked good yesterday. 
When you can hold yeah, the Chiefs they, like they, they did, did on multiple yeah. occasions, really good. Um, Herbert looked good, hit that late touchdown pass to Williams. Hey, by the way, there's your fantasy alert, guys. I was telling everybody about Mike Williams. I've been saying it for two weeks. Pick the dude up. Um, if he's in, he's available in your league, pick him up. If he's a, you know, if you're drafting and he's still got a decent price on him on, on DFS, pick him up. That is a safe option every single week. The dude has scored a touchdown in every game. He's had like 12 targets at least in every single game. He's got a snap share of like 86% or some shit like that. So he's in 86% Jesus. of the plays. Like, he, guys, the Chargers are going to use him all year long. And so if you ain't got him in fantasy, pick him up. If you're looking for a good option for your daily fantasy stuff this next week, I'm already throwing one out there. He's a good one. That's a good one to have. Um, Mahomes had two picks, 260 yards, three touchdowns. Um, that four turnovers and the two sacks, and then, man, um, he literally, what, see, he got hit what seemed like on almost every play. I swear every time I saw and Patrick then Mahomes, he, he threw He threw a no-look pass that ended into an interception. All he had to do was look. Like, if he would have really looked at, at, at his – his target, he would have hit his target in his mm-hmm. chest. He was wide open. Now, if y'all don't know what I mean by keeping the top on the defense, because I actually wrote a note to myself in case some people don't know what this is, um, that is where you have two guys back. You're going to have two safeties back, not allowing anybody to get behind them. You're forcing everybody to play in front of you. Um, and what I and how I can show you that is yesterday the Chiefs, who are used to having big plays, multiple plays a game, um, their biggest play from scrimmage was a 28-yarder to Travis Kelsey, and that was it. Mm. That was it. If you notice in week one, Tyreek got loose. Two hundred sixteen. Yeah. Was it two hundred sixteen yards or something like that? You know, Pat Mahomes had a big game, but then versus the Ravens with a better defense, there wasn't as many big plays. He started to see it cut back. Tyreek didn't really do nothing. This now this week with the Chargers, Chargers had someone shading on Tyreek the entire time. He did run a beautiful, like in step back to an out route, which was just gorgeous. Um... But besides that, Tyreek was, you know, he was effective in a little bit. But it's almost like they're having to find new ways to get him the ball. Yeah. Because they're so used to be able to hit him deep. But what people are doing is everybody's just shading the safety and saying, okay, we're we're going to have two guys on Kelsey. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have one guy on Kelsey and one guy shading Kelsey. We're going to have another guy on Tyreek and, and then the other safety shading, shading that way. And then try to make everybody else beat us. And so far in the two games that the teams have done that, Maybe, you know what I'm saying? No, they ain't sure they can do it. It's not. I mean, like we said, it's, I mean, they're going to be good. They are, but you also can't ask Patrick Mahomes to be in a shootout every week. Yeah. They're, that's what they're asking. They're asking Patrick Mahomes to be in an absolute shootout every single week because the defense is just getting gouged. And it's it's weird to see it. Not really. They weren't that good last year. That's it's just think about. I want you to think about this. No, I, I'm they saying were, it's weird because everybody's like, "Oh, it's the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs." Mm-hmm. There's other teams out here. Like, mm-hmm. there's other teams that can knock the Chiefs off. So it's weird to finally see it, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, "Nah, nah, that that's not it. That's not it." Like, yes, it is. Like, it's gonna happen. Like, it's well. It's, part of it is again, it's the copycat league. People saw what the Bucks did. Their defense wasn't that great last year. It says they were scoring so much. That, you know, teams were forced to play from behind, so they became one-dimensional, so that, you know, it became easier. Um, this year so far, they're not able they're not able to get these big leads on teams, and they're not able to, you know, just pin their ears back and go. Um, so, again, it's 3-3, three, three, so everybody just, everybody calm down. Yeah. Calm down. But, 
I'm just uh, don't be shocked if the Chiefs to probably still win the division. I'm not saying they don't, but it might be a little bit closer than yeah, what a lot of people were thinking. This, we... this division is not bad. The Broncos have a legit roster. They just had to figure things out at quarterback, and they're starting to. Yeah. The Chargers have a very good roster, and you know they're starting to figure things out. The Raiders are showing they're much better and much more disciplined than uh, than they have been in the past. You know, and the Chiefs are good. That's probably the best division of football, mm-hmm. the AFC West. I mean, it really is. So that's going to be fun to keep it, keep an eye on, though. All right, next game, the Bills ball out over the Redskins. Josh Allen went year three. Josh Allen had himself a big game. I think he had four total touchdowns. They ran. This was this was impressive to me. They ran seventy seven plays, um, and. For, and 35 minutes of offense, 481 yards of offense. Um, so that's very impressive, don't? Wouldn't you say? Um, honestly, I just I feel like we're growing as an offense. Like this is this was our 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 more so like coming out game as a as an entire team. Uh, defense did great, offense did tremendous. Josh, you know, granted last episode I did say. He he doesn't have to throw for two hundred yards, but he threw for like three something. It was like four touchdowns. Honestly, I think Emmanuel Sanders is our uh, our little secret weapon. So the rest of the AFC uh, AFC East this past weekend, you know, because they all look like garbage. Um, the rest of the AFC East, they saw Josh Allen come alive, and they were like, <laughs> "Fucking right." <laughs> Buttons, I, baby, buttons. I, I, we got buttons up in this bitch. I'm telling you, it's. I honestly, I didn't. I watched the game, and I was like, all right, yeah, you know, we're up already. And then it was like, we're up again. It's like 14-0. And then I'm like, all right, yeah, we're good. And then we're I don't like know if Emmanuel Sanders is a secret weapon. What I think the secret weapon is is Josh Allen hit nine different receivers. If you don't know where he's going with the ball. Mm-hmm. And y'all ran the ball effectively with Moss and Singletary, which is what we needed last year. but yeah. we can never get there. So you have, and they don't have to. And again, Moss and Singletary and stuff like that, they don't have to to light every game up. They just need to be efficient enough to where they're getting four, you know, four, four and a half, five yards a pop. So that has to be respected. So then when Josh does throw, mm-hmm. he, you know, what I'm saying there, there's going to be more open room. It's weird because when I see them run, it's either or for them. It's like Okay, week one, Singletary scored. You know, Moss didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Then it's like week two, Moss held held it down. He scored two touchdowns. He he, he you know he did the rushing duties. Week three, it was kind of the same. Mm-hmm. You know, Moss did more than Singletary. Well, Singletary was the second week. I thought Singletary was week two. Moss nah, didn't do shit week one. Singletary also. Singletary got two touchdowns against Miami. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They, they, both, they both did enough, but Moss did more with two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They both scored uh, touchdowns. But that was a game where we see the Russian take over and Josh didn't have to do what Josh did this past weekend. But when everything is clicking like it did against the football team, it's like, man... I, I honestly, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like this would always come with us. I just didn't know when. Yeah, that, that Steelers well, game was a was a a shocker to a lot of people. But again, though, it's a I, it's a blueprint thing. Yeah, if you force Josh Allen to throw the ball 55 times a game, and he's focusing a lot on digs, and you're taking away everybody else, 
it's not a very good blueprint for the Bills to win. However, mm-hmm. spreading the ball to nine different receivers, yeah. Emmanuel Sanders, you're getting the ball to Singletary Moss out of the backfield, then you're hitting digs for the big plays. That's a recipe for success for that offense. And they ran 77 effing plays yesterday. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. And Josh, um, Josh ran in a touchdown. Yeah, he had five total. But 35 minutes of offense on 77 plays, bro. They that Washington defense was flat tired. Yeah, and you know what? They looked flat tired all year because that team last year, especially that front seven, would look devastating, devastating. Like that play was wild to me. So y'all don't know because we don't have the videos up. We we're actually watching a highlight uh, from the Bills game yesterday. Um, but Bills defense was really good. Washington's defense, however, has not. So, this could be a precursor to later in this week when we start looking at different options for our fantasy alerts. Which, yeah, that works for sure. So, next game I want to go into, um, we're going to be pretty quick with this one. Falcons beat the Giants on a late drive and a field goal. 17-14. Did that happen? It just happens. Like, I literally sat back and thought about it. All day long. That was the most giant shit ever. Ever. Like, literally. I will say this. um, Again, it's one of the the fanny guys we've been talking about, Cordell Patterson. Yeah. Um, He got more of a snap share this past weekend. He had 100 total yards again. Um, That guy is getting used a lot. The Giants. Here's a fun fact. Is everybody ready for the trivia of the week? What is the Giants record in the last two Septembers combined? Was like oh and eight, oh and six. Oh, I was close. Oh and six, and another fun one. In two of those games, including yesterday, they have given up ten points or more in the final four minutes of a game. Yep. So the Falcons. No, this is oh, the, Giants. the Giants. Oh, that's okay. That's that's wild. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of that's a lot of people scoring on you, bro. Yeah. So I mean, it's just. That's the most Giants shit ever, how they lost yesterday. However, congratulations to the Falcons. Congratulations to my boy, to my boy Levi. I know you're excited yesterday to get that first win. Um, that <laughs> Giants offensive line, God almighty, it's bad. Oh, my God. But, that might be the only offensive line that Joe Burrow would, uh, would like to play behind least. <laughs> oh, yeah, I probably would. Golly, there's three know. offensive lines in this league. That you look at and you look at the game plan and how they develop their game plans, and, you're, and every week you're just going, What in the hell? You know, they're just going, Why? Why would That's, you do this to this man? So, so Washington and Atlanta play this week. That's. I actually think Atlanta probably beats the shit out of them. Yeah, like, um, I don't know. Is Ooh. it in Washington? If it's in Washington. It's in Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm going to take Atlanta. In fact, I'd probably pick up Cordell Patterson in that game. Yeah. There you go, guys. There's another fantasy option throwing it at you. Yeah, um, just dropping jewels ne- right now. Next game for you. The Cincinnati Bengals absolutely maul the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I the said score. That. Yes, we did. We both said that. <laughs> I said that. That score could have been so much worse. So much worse. And Joe Burrow spread the ball around really nicely. Uh, Jamar Chase had another had another nice game. Um, I uh, I like what Mixon was doing. He didn't get to the hundred yard mark rushing, but when he was running, he was popping off five yards of carry. 
so yeah. that's you know when you're yes. when you're busting five yards of carry and you're spreading the ball around nicely, that's normally a pretty good recipe for success. Now, the one thing I did take away from this game, there's there's two things that left me going, what in the hell is kind of like Scooby Doo? I was just, <laughs> I got buttons for days. Um, what in the hell kind of game plan did the Steelers put together? Big Ben threw the ball 58 times. That dude's arm is dead already. And now you're asking him to throw the ball 50 times a game. Y'all aren't doing anything to help with that offensive line, which is another god-awful one. Najee Harris, you can see he's talented. However, they have got to find a way to block for that kid. He, on multiple occasions, he still had 142 yards of total offense, okay? But part of that is because he had 100-plus yards receiving. They have got to find a way to block for the kid. Yeah. Like, he's getting hit two and three yards in the backfield almost every single play. And I really don't even know what the, the only thing I can think of is why that's happening too is because no one's scared of Ben's arm anymore. He's not beating you deep. He's just not. That's and the ball's yeah. not coming out of his hand with a bunch of juice. So it's like they don't really have to worry about it. So they stack the box. They come up and press them, you know, they press on the receivers and they're like, all right, beat us. You know what I'm saying? Just see if you can handle it. And you know, Najee's getting blasted every time he touches the ball, two and three yards in the backfield. That's not his fault. Najee Harris, though, that kid is legit. <laughs> They gotta keep now. That's one thing they do need to keep doing. They need to keep figuring out ways to get that kid the ball. He is electric. So, all right, let me ask this question: If the Steelers lose this upcoming week, what what is what Who what is this past week? Uh, I have no idea. Let me figure. Well, it out. All right. Um, what I don't another thing I don't understand is you only had fifteen total rush attempts in the game. Like With the running back like that. Yes, you should, you should throw like y'all gotta a... find ways to just. I don't, I, I don't even know, man. I don't know if it's, it's, you know, start maybe doing some more sweeps and get him, just get him outside of that box and everybody moving where people can trip over one another or something. Yeah, the Steelers, like the Steelers so lose bad. week four. They play? They, they play Green Bay and Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay rolls. What are they, minus, hold on, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess, minus six and a half favorites. I have. Doesn't show it? Nah, don't oh, oh yeah, yeah, six and a half. Is it really? Yeah. Hey, look at your boy. Over under um, is uh, forty-five, but the matchup predictor is there's not very Green Bay. Green Bay's sixty percent chance to win. Hey, it's like kind of like Florida, six percent chance of rain every day. Every day. Um, now on to the next game because I just that that Pittsburgh game bothers me. Um, on to the next game, Cleveland gives the Cleveland steamer to the Bears, <laughs> nine sacks. That's literally all you have to say in this game. Nine sacks. They sacked Chicago nine times. Now, that's scary. Justin Fields never had a chance. Matt Nagy is absolutely awful. Awful. That dude literally should be flushed. Mm. <laughs> like he the did. Cleveland Steamers, yes. He got flushed by the Browns. Yep. <laughs> like, come on. How can you not come up with a get- better game plan than that? You let that kid get hit that much. Like, don't get me wrong. He should have got rid of the ball some. But you are doing nothing but these long developing routes with an offensive line that is awful. Awful. You got to let somebody come across and, and get at least three, four yards, give it to Montgomery, let him get five or six, and move your offense like that. You can't. 
Miles oh, Garrett, though, four and a half sacks, new Cleveland record. That it, dude. He's gonna break those. <laughs> he's like he's that guy. Like that, they should already know. That line is sick. Now another good line is Cleveland's offensive line. Yeah. They are hog mauling people. And they had another two hundred yard rushing day. Oh, Baker! Baker's gonna take them out for for Christmas dinners and buy them the, Check the best of everything. So Chubb had eighty four yards. Uh, Kareem Hunt had eighty one yards. Hunt had one hundred fifty five total yards. He, he also yeah, he also had a uh, what is it a touchdown? Yeah, man, it's a receiving touchdown. At that, it was like forty six yards. He he literally got up out of there. But welcome back, OBJ. You know we're glad to see him playing again. Uh, he had five yeah. receptions for seventy seven yards. He also had a uh, a run. He also had a ten yard run um, on a sweep. So that was kind of. I'm I'm very happy to see him back. The league when he's playing at a high level, it's just he's just one of those guys that that make it fun when they're playing at a high level. There's certain guys in the NFL when they're playing at high levels that just makes it more fun. Especially he's, when he does those outrageous ass one handed yeah, catches. Like he's, like, just, he's one of those guys. It's like, bro, how did your body move like that? Are you caught that? Yeah. Like that? I um the Bears gotta figure something out, man. Matt Nagy is gonna get that kid killed. And people are freaking out about Justin Fields. And don't get me wrong, there's a few times he did hold the ball when he shouldn't have. But overall that kid doesn't get mauled if it's not Matt Nagy's game planning. That was, okay. and he's the one who develops the game plan. He's very, he's very open about that. And then on top of that, he's talking about well, all three quarterbacks are in play this week. What? What are we talking about? So does that why? does that affect the whole Mitch Trubisky thing? Like, why? like now that we see what he's doing with Justin and he's supposed to be, you know, leading the offense into a better game plan. Well, the thing is, all right. So when you have a young quarterback like that, I mean. Jesus Christ, there's a million different things you could have tried to do. I don't know. If, maybe they did try to do it and they just didn't work. But, And that's a possibility, too, because Cleveland's defense is legit. Is, yeah. But the thing is, is, shit, after that third or fourth sack when you're getting the kid killed, all right, maybe we should move him around a little differently. Maybe we should start sliding the pocket. Do a screen or something. something. Get it up out of there. Because, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Get some quick out. The thing is, though, is who's he throwing to? He's got really, he ain't got really much help there either. Yeah, which is why I don't understand so, why, why didn't they – you know, they went and got all these other people that weren't, you know, necessities to this team. I don't know, man. And I don't it's, have a it's wild. I don't know. I just don't understand. That's really the thing is I'm just trying to understand what was the idea behind that. There was a boring game they're showing on TV. Patriots Saints. My God. All right. Next game. <laughs> Baltimore very literally beats Detroit by 66 yards. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, we had a record breaker yesterday. A 66-yard field goal was made to win the game for the Baltimore Ravens. In fact, fun fact, are you ready for some more trivia? Well, maybe not. (laughs) All right. So the Lions are now the only team in NFL history to be beaten by two 60-plus yard field goals. In 1970, a man named Tom Dempsey hit a 63-yarder as time expired to beat the Lions. Yeah, he didn't. He, he didn't have a whole foot. He only had a half. Right. And yesterday, it was a 66-yarder hit. Know what's even crazier about that? It was the same score. It was 1917 in both games. What? Whoa. What? Is that not wild? Somebody, I actually saw so a really, fan get a tattoo so, of that so on his ye- leg. So yesterday was legit the most Lions shit ever. 
No, week three was the most week three shit ever. <laughs> like, there was so much that happened. And I was like, I love it. And then that's where my depression hit. And I was like, I really have to wait another week for this. Yep. So, the Lions... Okay, so we, we gave a, we've given a lot of shit to Lions. I am about to defend the Lions. Right? I am. I am. So, every game this, this year so far, they have been in the game. They were beating Green Bay 17-14 going into halftime. They were yeah. beating the Falcons, or I'm sorry, the the Ravens, you know, with seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter. They literally got beat by a 66-yard field goal. No, they got beat by Justin Tucker. And <laughs> and so they're in the games. Now, that team doesn't have the most talent in the world. Jared Goff, I think, is not a very good quarterback. However, they have some pieces that are molding well together. DeAndre Swift He's legit. Yeah. Because that team's not very good, and he is shining, especially in fantasy. He's There's been, another one, guys. He's been that that guy like, since he left college. Like. Yeah, I mean, he's he's playing really well. Um, golf is playing efficiently enough. Um, he, like he's running the offense? He is. He's running the offense the best of his ability. But, he again, this is where you don't have much around. Which is, I think that should help him. Like, so. Oh, wow, they look heartbroken. They should, because um, they are like not, not that lady again. in the middle. <laughs> um, but that's just one of those things to where you know, it's they're in the game. So I mean, you know what? As much as the crap as I give them, and don't get me wrong, they're not going to win many games. But it's just they've been in every game so far this year. So and you know who knows? Maybe they could get a win next week. That's you know? what's wild about the NFL because now. the bear they play the Bears next week. I, yeah, I can and, see you know that saying So yeah. maybe they do because the, the Lions have had a pretty tough schedule so far. The Bears are going to be a definitely step down in competition. So I'm just saying. Yeah, if Nagy, maybe, if Nagy could stop being Aggie and figure out his QB God, situation. so bad. It's not even figure it out. Just develop a plan around what they do. I don't know why. You have a, you have a dual threat quarterback. Use him to the best of his abilities mm-hmm. at that point. Now I do have a question about Lamar. So Lamar had 287 yards passing, 58 rushing. He was 16 of 31. Now Lamar for the year is completing, you know, 50-ish percent of his passes. Um, are we past the point of calling him a quarterback and just calling him like the next? Just he's the playmaker. This is what the league could start turning to more. Not necessarily full Lamar, but guys that can move they might um, only they might only get 50 or 60 percent completions but you're going to see more they can move and hurt you in different ways you're starting to see it with lamar you see what jalen hurts josh allen can do it josh allen can move around um justin fields if they don't kill the kid he's he's gonna be able to do it um trey lance yeah. whenever it comes to the 49ers he's gonna do it um all these guys you know what i'm saying are kind of a little bit like that yeah they uh I, I would None say of them so. are like Lamar. None of them no, are no, like no. Lamar. Lamar. Lamar's Lamar, been yeah, since Lamar high school. And, Lamar and Michael Vick are in a category of their own when it comes to the more mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, Lamar. Like it literally goes those yeah. two, and then you take a step down to like the Warren Moons of the world. Yeah, you know and the Randall Steve Young, Randall Cunningham, stuff like that. Um, and then you go into this next year of what we're starting to see now. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, I just. It's he yes he's a quarterback he's a starting quarterback he's fantastic I'm just saying I feel like he's more playmaker than he is quarterback now I'm not but trying I'm not saying I'm not giving a slight this is not me talking shit about the Ravens this is not me talking shit about Lamar Jackson because I love Lamar Jackson yeah I'm just saying I feel like 
quarterback isn't necessarily the best word to use for him. No, that that's that's what uh you know what do they say? Change is inevitable. Yeah. Uh, the quarterback position will always change. Uh, it'll always be inevitable. You never know. We might end it's like up Thanos. Yeah. Inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, you might you might find a way to where everybody might get tired of the quarterback that's always out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Let's find a way to get our quarterback to stay in the pocket. It might go back to that. It might transfer back to those days. We never really know because the change is always going to come. Um, Lamar is a playmaker for sure. But if we don't get, uh, you know, the Randall Cunninghams, the Mike Vicks, we don't get the Patrick Mahomes and the Lamars to where we are not going to be able to see the Arch Mannings of tomorrow. Because Arch Manning is a dual threat quarterback, which mm-hmm. is something we have never seen. His, a Manning B. A, a Manning B, which is that's wild to show you how the quarterback position has changed that throughout kid, if he, years. That, if that kid does keep developing, which let's just face it, he's got the best possible person in this corner, Peyton. The, the another great addition in Eli. His you know their dad, the grandpa is a great addition. Yeah. Like God Almighty, that family's got got some quarterback God, knowledge. They're, they're like they're like. The Matthew family. Mm-hmm. Clay Matthews' family is wildly deep in the NFL. Speaking of the Mannings and Archie himself, I have a feeling yesterday, during yesterday's game, he went <laughs> nice little yawn because that game was boring as hell. The Saints strolled through New England very calmly. <laughs> um, God almighty. I don't even know. Like, I was looking at this game and going, okay, what are some positives? Some positive. Jameis didn't turn the ball over a lot. What they do, they went back to that week one game script where they didn't let him throw the ball more than 20, 21 times. Um, there was zero. Zero. Not, and I'm not even exaggerating. Not a single ball thrown downfield. Um, the longest ball thrown yesterday was 17 yards. Jameis Winston's longest ball thrown yesterday was 17 yards. And that is the recipe for him. You cannot put... And I think... I, I think Sean's starting to realize this. You can't put the ball in his hands. In fact, yesterday, he throws the ball. He's getting sacked in a red... I think they were on like the seven-yard line, five-yard line. About to score. The edge, the edge rusher gets to Jameis. He's starting to bring him down. Mm-hmm. And Jameis very literally... While looking up, he's looking up. His helmet is straight fuck up. Yeah, doing he's that, going that down, and he pass. literally just lobs the ball in the air, and his receiver rips it out of the air, and it was a touchdown. When he ran back to the sideline, if anybody was watching, Sean Payton, the first when you could read it on his lips, what the, he said, what the fuck was that? Like you, if you read his lips. Yeah. He, that was the first thing. He didn't say good job. There wasn't a high five. There wasn't a handshake. He looked at Winston after a touchdown and goes, what the fuck was that? I mean, you can very clearly read his lips on what he said. Because that was Jameis shit. Because you know what? Yes, he threw a touchdown. But you know what's going to happen the next nine times he does it? It's going to be picked. And that's just, that is what he gets himself in the issues like that. Congratulations. You got one that got lucky. You scored a touchdown on it. Besides that, that ball gets intercepted or, you know, something bad happens. Um, At least it's not Mac Jones's pass where your receiver 
you know, touches it, it's in his hands, and it bounces right out. Yeah. And goes back for the, a pick six. The thing is that they went back to week one, and the script week one was Kamara has 25 to 30 touches, which yesterday had 20, or Sunday had 27. And you get him over that 100-yard marker, and Jameis doesn't throw the ball more than 20, 21 times, and everything is inside of 20 yards. And that has to be. And on top of that, even though, even though they won, they still looked terrible on offense. Yeah. Still. That's why they still, why do you think they brought Hill in? They still look terrible on offense. When, when it However, like it just James. wasn't it just wasn't as terrible as New England because Mac again was cheesy with three interceptions again yesterday. Um, Mac Jones threw yeah. the ball fifty one times yesterday. That is unnecessary. Um, they There's only a couple ran the ball. Quarterbacks that throw there is 50. no need to have your young quarterback like that throwing the ball fifty times. There's no like, I think Brady threw almost like fifty times. Uh, this past Brady week. threw fifty whatever it was fifty one fifty two. Um, but 51 passes for your rookie quarterback. You only had 17 rush attempts in the entire game. You have a rookie quarterback. He is not Tom Brady. Y'all got to get off that. Like, all these New England fans have to, which I think they're starting to. Now it's the media and everybody else. This kid is not Tom Brady. He's not even close. He's Maybe just, down the he's road a, he's good. He's this just kid conservative. Like, it's not just that he's conservative. They have to be conservative. They have to be. I don't know what he's seeing. Maybe he's not seeing it, and that's the thing. I don't know if he's getting nervous when dudes are coming at his head. I don't know if he's what it is. I don't know if he's you know if he can, if he's nervous he can fit the ball into the window, but it's just it ain't looking right. Um, so the Saints' offense legitimately is nothing but Kamara, and the New England Patriots have no offense. The New England Patriots next week are in for the ass whooping of a lifetime. Tom Brady is going to go into that game pissed off, and he might. And especially as he's he's consistently kind of getting, like, semi-disrespected by Belichick. You know, oh, we've had other people who've played for us come back into a, you know, come back into the stadium. It's no different. Yeah, it's very different. Your Hall of Fame quarterback, who's the only reason you have all these world championships, yeah, big deal. He says he doesn't care. Yeah, Brady. Brady says, uh... He's not going back for 20 years of history. He's going back for one night of football. Yeah, and that one night of football, I bet he throws four or five touchdown passes. He's going to break the record. It's going so at this to point, be a bludgeoning. At this point, I honestly, uh, <coughs> I'm me. excited to see it. It's the Sunday night game this week. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't wait. Brady's going to do what Brady does. This is actually an enjoyable stand of Brady. Mm-hmm. I can cheer for Brady while he fucks the Patriots up. Yeah. That's a weird sentence to say. So, next game. Titans beat up on the Colts. Who saw that coming? <laughs> yeah. Everybody. The Colts are awful. Carson Wentz just looks like he has no interest whatsoever in playing football in Indianapolis. I don't blame him because they're terrible. They're uh, terrible. At this point, I don't the know. Defense, the Colts' defense did everything they could to keep that game close, and they were just put in bad position after bad position. Derrick Henry was, was so running bad. that ball. Yep, King Henry had 144 total yards. Uh, Tannehill had three touchdowns, had uh, zero turnovers. They forced three turnovers. Um, you know, it's just what it is, man. Yeah, the stats say it all at mm-hmm. that point. So... They, the the Colts forced three turnovers and did zero with it. I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, which I think I messed up. I think I said the Titans had their nose. The Titans turned the ball over three times to the Colts, 
and the Colts defense tried to keep him close, and the offense was awful. Awful. So bad. Um, a few other quick hits on a few other games. Arizona uh, outlast Jacksonville 31-19. That game was super close there for a while. The kick six. Shout out to Ty's new team. Yeah, Ty. Woohoo! Your own one with your new say, team. What do you say, Rar? Yeah, Rar. <laughs> Ty, Ty says the Jaguars say Ty will, be, Ty will be back with us later this week, guys. Uh, he's having to take a little hi- hiatus. He's been busy when we've been rolling with it. Um, but yeah, our our roar himself. Uh, yeah, the, he's zero one with his new team. Our, our roar. Um, <laughs> Seattle, Minnesota. I tried telling y'all Minnesota's gonna win at home. Yeah, I tried to tell you. I tried to warn you. Um, that offense can absolutely play some ball. And you know what? Their defense didn't look half terrible. So good for them. Um, Vegas uh, outlast Miami in a, in a strong game. You know what though? Lost. All right. So the Raiders are are starting to kind of turn me into a little bit of a believer because they're finding ways to win. A good team, even on a bad day, will find a way to win. Yeah. And that's what they're doing right now. So um, Denver, uh, you know, shuts out the Jets. Um, oh, no. Yep, 26 nothing. saw that coming. Yeah, right. And then the uh, Sunday night game, which was very exciting. Um, I told everybody it was going to plan out that way. Green Bay, 30-28. to 28. Um, San Francisco did cover though, so I'm you're good. Gold. <laughs> you're good. Um, uh, however, um, Green Bay did win. Aaron Rodgers on that last drive made two throws that there's about six people on this planet that can make. I mean, those two throws he made leading from that drive to that field goal, off the chain. Um, however, I want to say this for all the San Francisco fans who oh we lost. Listen, guys, you are one of the five best teams in the NFC. Calm down. Yeah, chill like out. At this point, Jimmy G. Is a G right now. That dude's playing his ass off. Um, Until y'all don't think he's a G, then Trey Lance comes see, in. See, the thing and... is, though, know what I would do if I was him? I mean, seriously, San Francisco, this, to me, is the best possible option that happens. Jimmy G leads y'all to the playoffs. Y'all don't use Trey Lance at all this year, okay? Let him do nothing but learn. Let him be no different than Patrick Mahomes. Sitting behind that veteran, let them get a bunch of wins, lead him to the playoffs, do the thing. Then during the offseason, when Jimmy G's tradeability is at its all-time high, trade him off, get picks, get something to surround Trey Lance with, give him some extra help, and then, boom, now you have your team of the future and the kid's ready to roll. For sure. Like that, then, I feel like that is there's no other option. That's the best option for that. Because it'll, be like, uh, it'll be like the Cowboys when uh, Romo had fucking, uh, what was his tight end? God damn. I lost, I, yeah? I just had a whole blank. A whole but, blank. Yeah, because you got George Kittle down there. You're going to have a, a veteran on on that side of the ball. You got young Debo Samuel over there with you. He's going to do something. You just got to figure out your running back situation because theirs keep getting hurt. So you're going to have to get another running back. But if you get a bunch of younger guys that grow together in your offense mm-hmm. and just bring a couple you know, veteran pieces, that offense can grow. That team, That team's not bad. They're just... At this point, <coughs> how good are they? You know, like, we never really for sure know. But are they going to be that team like the Bucks? You know, when they lose, are they going to get that, oh, man, we, we fucked up. Let's get back to it. Because <laughs> like, most teams don't. And I don't know if the 49ers will be that team or not. But we'll see, you know, towards the end of the season. So, real quick, those are the games. Uh, fun stuff. Um uh, through week three, 
some interesting things have taken place as some people are leading the leagues in certain things that you might be a little surprised. Um, at the beginning of the year, raise your hand if you had Derek Carr leading the league in passing. And nobody. Um, he has got 1,200 yards through three games. Come on. Derek David, Carr. David's annoying little brother. Bro, that kid's slinging it. Uh, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, and Matthew Stafford round up. Excuse me, the top five of that. Um, Brady, like we said, Brady's probably going to break the all-time record next week. Um, now, here's this one for you. Pretty funny. So, rushing. Derrick Henry, number one, no shock. Joe Mixon, number two, maybe a little shock, not much, but Joe Mixon's, you know, he is yeah. that guy. Um, Nick Chubb, again, not really shocked here. Nick no. Chubb probably could be two or three every year. Um, number four and number five is the one's a little shocking, but not because at the same time because of who he is. Number four is Lamar Jackson. Not shocked. So it's not, it's not that's what I'm saying. It's not like your jaw yeah. hits the floor, but it's like, damn, like, and the reason I bring this up, and number five, this one was shocking me, is David Montgomery from Chicago. That did shock me a little bit. I no, did, that, I, it doesn't, because he started week one being number one. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering how, how long would he be able to keep it up. So the fifth highest rusher in the league is only rushed for 203 yards in three games. And the reason I say that's, that's weird is because we're so used to an NFL toward three weeks into the season, you see you know a handful of guys that are at that – you know, 250, 260, up to 350. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's really what you're used to seeing. And when you look at this, you know, for people who are saying, well, the NFL's not changing. You still have to have a dominant run game and a dominant defense to win Super Bowls. I don't know how much longer that's true for. No, that's, that's it's just like really the, the quarterback, the quarterback uh, conversation we had. Now, yeah. here's, here's the next one for receivers, okay? It's Cooper Cup. Debo Samuel, that one kind of shocked me. Um, Brandon Cooks, that one kind of shocked me. Devonta Adams and Tyler Lockett, those two obviously not shocking me. Um, all of those guys catch deep balls. All of those guys are well into 300 yards Yeah, in three catch, weeks. They catch so deep balls. So I want you to think about this. We are in a league now where the leading rushes in the league now, besides Derrick Henry at 353, everybody else is under 300 yards. Now Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, and Lamar – even though he's a quarterback, mm-hmm. Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, they're right there in that range of what you would expect a top 10 rusher to be after three weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, Derrick Henry obviously excelling where you would think a running back would be at the three weeks mark of the season. But normally, and I went back and looked so that I, can knew, I knew this, normally the leading receiver in the league is at about 315, 320 through three weeks. And then everybody else is like in that mid 200 range, you know, mid, maybe upper 201 there. Everybody on this list is well over 300 yards. You got two of them that are on the same team, right? You said Robert Woods and and, uh, Cooper Cup. No, Cooper Cup's at 367. Then Debo Samuel, Brandon Cooks, Devontae Adams, Tyler Lockett, uh, Mike Williams for the Chargers. He's another 300-yard receiver. Travis Kelsey for Kansas City is at 289. DJ Moore for Carolina is at 285. Tyree Kills at 267. Keenan Allen for the Chargers is at 258. Um, and Justin Jefferson rounded out at 254. Um, hey, my boy C.D. Lamb and Chris Godwin back-to-back right there behind him. Um, so it's just something to look at. Now, for fantasy purposes, I just want to throw this one out here to everybody real quick. Um Christian Kirk, right through for Arizona, who I was trying to tell people, like, you know, keep yeah. looking into him. Um, he is in the top 15. Another option that people are looking for at wide receiver, he's not in a lot of leagues. 
Michael Pittman Jr. is in the top 20. That's another one mm-hmm. for guys just to keep an eye on. Um, that's a little bit surprising. He's up there. So, um, and then number 20, for whatever reason, now people are starting to pick him up now because of another good game. But Jamar Chase is uh, 20th in the league right now, tied for 20th. So, just saying. Wow. Yeah. Um, if I told you at the beginning of the year, Sammy Watkins would have more receiving yards than Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, George Kittle, and Mark Andrews, Rob Gronkowski, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore, Adam Thielen. Would you believe me? Calvin Ridley. First, I'd be asking, who's his quarterback? Yeah. Because but still, Lamar's not a throwing quarterback. We, we got to get out of that. He's, he's not. And that's why... I would have asked that question, but now I mean Lamar's different. He's not he's a he's a all around type of quarterback. But Sammy being up that high, he caught a ball the other day that just blew my mind. I was mm-hmm. like, Okay, if Sammy could stay healthy, which is what his downfall has been his entire career since he was drafted by the Bills, he just never yeah. stayed healthy. Um, if he could actually stay healthy, he could help the Ravens, you know, somewhat grow into their offense and grow into what they're trying to do. Um, I, I just, I can't wait, to be honest. Like, I'm it's, excited. It's impressive, man. Like, I just, I just thought those numbers were, were interesting. Yeah. Um, just, especially from the receiving standpoint, Sammy Watkins, what year are we in? Um, you know, having a resurgence in Baltimore. So, and you. he, had, and you know what? He's getting a ton of targets. So, guys, if you're you're shorter receiver in your fantasy league, you know, or you got injuries or whatever else, might not hurt to look at a guy like Sammy Watkins because you know, not not saying he's have big games every week, but the idea is he's going to get targets every game. Yeah, Lamar is a hundred percent targeting, and he's he's going to figure out a way to try to get a couple of yards, no matter where he's going to get the yards at, no matter if it's eight on this play and then twenty two on the next, you know, the next play, which is ten plays down the road. He's still going to try to figure out a way to get that catch in. He's going to catch the ball, and then he's going to get upfield. He's not going to go left or right. He's going north to south. Yeah. Hey, funny real quick with the sacks. Tell me if you've heard this list before. Miles Garrett, Chandler Jones, Vaughn Miller, Robert Quinn, all leading the league in sacks. Shocked? Not at all. No. <laughs> like, like, if that, you told me, if you said at the beginning normal. of the year, yeah, like, if you said yeah, the beginning of the year. that sounds normal. Like, it's like, hey, these are the sacks we're doing. Yeah, all right, yeah. I know. And? Like, who's more? Who's shocked by that shit? Um, now me. I do. Before we end the show, want to go in on this. All right, we're gonna talk baseball, guys. I said we don't talk baseball, and this is about to talk baseball. But we're gonna talk baseball that I want to talk because it's well, it's my show. <laughs> I'm all for it. The Tampa Bay Rays clinched the division this weekend. Congratulations, Tampa Bay Rays. We love you. That's awesome. Curtis is an under, you know, undercover fan, but you know, whatever. Tampa Bay Rays. They won the division this weekend. They have by far been the best team in the American, you know, at least in the division this year. And probably one of the best, at least when it comes to player development and how they put the team together. Probably the best in the league now for years. Because they're not like the Dodgers. They're not like the Yankees or the Red Sox or, you know, all these other teams that can go spend this wild amount of money. It's they truly develop their talent. um, And they do absolutely wonders with it. Look at Wander Franco. He's a wonderful player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then they make great deals, too, and they bring in guys. You know, they, they make these deals for guys, and it brings in people like Shane Boz and, you know, stuff like that. So they have done wonderful things. This team should be being celebrated right now, but they're not. Instead of being celebrated, the owner decided to take things into his own hand because he's a... Uh, he's a... 
Mm, mm. I almost, so, yeah, he's yeah. a D. Um, <laughs> this this D bag decides that he thinks it's a good idea to now rub it in the fans' face of the fans of the Rays and say, "Oh yeah, by the way, guys, don't forget we're splitting the season with Montreal." And then wants to throw a banner up in the middle of the. He wants to throw the banner in the middle of the field, promoting the Tampa Montreal split. Want to hear how it gets even worse? So the Rays have one of the highest TV viewings uh, in all of baseball. More people watch the Rays than almost anybody else. Yeah, they're hot Which, right now. Yeah, was well, not even that. They, it's every year. So oh. This has been this way every year for like 10 years now. Okay. Um, and actually, it's been longer than that because it's been since 2008. So since 2008, the Rays are literally one of the top two, three leaders in um, TV viewership and for, for in baseball. And people go, really? The Rays? But they never have no one there. Yes, they never have no one there because, for one, people don't like where the stadium's at. It's literally an island inside of an island to get there. It is. Then when you go to leave, when, we went, when we went to the game last week, I was so excited to go because I, I hadn't had a chance to go to many Rays games over the last year. And so I finally got a chance to go. My brother, you know, was like, hey, man, what are you doing? I said, nothing. He's like, bro, I got tickets, which is like my favorite phone call from him. <laughs> <laughs> I like when he calls and says hi, too, but I like, I like that one, too. But he was like, hey, man, um, you know, I came up with some tickets to the Rays game. You want to go? Hell yeah, I want to go. Game was at uh, first pitch was at 7-10. I didn't get home because of the distance and then trying to get out of the area because it's so backed up and everything's one way and trying to get back on the interstate. I didn't get home until almost 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, like, no, I know. I mean, so people don't want to do that. And now the flip side to that is when the Bucks play, uh, you know, because I've been to, you know, two Bucks games now this year. We're home in an hour. Yeah. Even with all there's and this is the thing, there's infinitely more people at the Bucks games. Tampa has shown they can carry a team. The Bucks, you know, we can get in and out of the Bucks stadium, you're home in an hour. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Lightning. The go to Lightning game, and the same. Lightning are like in the corner of Channel Side. There's yeah. like one way in, one, one way, way out. out. You're like you're in the corner, and you're still home because we because we minutes. yeah you're still home <laughs> like 45 minutes. Like at least from where we are, yeah, you know where we are. If you live in like Brandon, you're home in 30 minutes. Um, so Brandon, if you're not familiar, because I know a lot of people listen from out of state and from out of the country, Brandon is like a suburb of Tampa, um, and you're home. Move the team to Tampa. Stop. I, I truly feel this way. I feel like the only reason he did this was to alienate the fan base. He wanted to absolutely piss off the fan base, so then he so then he can, so then he can go to Montreal or he can go to MLB and go look. They didn't show up. You know this is what happened, and then you know we want to move him to Montreal. You know because he what he's wanting to do now. This guy is making a ton of money off the TV revenue, um, and the how they do collective bargaining shares and everything like that. He's making a fucking killing, and instead of Putting the money up for the stadium like he should be doing, he's wanting everybody else to pay for the stadium. And he knows that if he gets them in a different market, that city will pay. Montreal will pay yeah. to have another team. Um, and that's wrong. On every single level, he should be forced to sell this team. He is an awful, awful, awful owner when it comes to this. And I don't understand how a team can be so good on the field, but so bad off of it. Like, what part of the marketing team thought this was a good idea? Has he just surrounded himself with yes-men? That's how it hey, works. Hey, I'm doing this. Okay, great idea. He needs somebody in there to go, no, what, why? Why the fuck would you do that? This is that moment. 
And then this is what's even more messed up. Of the season split, guess how this is going to work. The Rays aren't going to be in St. Pete, Tampa area when when the time comes for the playoff push. You know where they're going to be? Montreal. All their spring training and early home games, the first 40 home games of the year, whatever it is, are going to be in Tampa? Are in Tampa. He's going to kill Or St. Pete. He's going to kill rest, that, that, that whole economy over there. The rest of the home games will be in Montreal. So in the middle of a playoff push, they're not going to be home. They're going to be staying up there. You're asking these players to have two homes, split families, move their kids back and forth, live in a hotel for three months. Like, what part of this do they think is going to go well? Like, where does this... The players don't even want to do this. When the managers and players are asked about it, you can tell how uncomfortable they are. Like, they don't want to be like, no, fuck that. Now, tell me this. The Rays already don't even bring... They don't bring in a lot of free agents already, okay? Now, they made a big trade for Nelly Cruz in the middle of the season, which that even that's a rarity. But if they said, hey, Nelson, we're going to trade for you. Would you want to come play for the Rays, like, before the trade takes place? You know you want to make sure the guy wants to come. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the trade is agreed upon. But before, you know, you send anybody, hey, Nelly, you know, you want to come. And then he goes, well, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to play in Montreal and Tampa. You know, I want to have a home base. What free agent is going to come to Tampa or to the Rays knowing that they're going to have to have two homes, split families up, you know, split school up? You should talk to he. He should talk to uh, the owner of the Rays. Should go take some time out. Go talk to the Lightning players, because during the pandemic and during their their championship push for the first uh, twenty twenty title, mm-hmm. they literally were in Canada and could not come back to America mm-hmm. because the borders were closed. Mm-hmm. They were stuck for they were stuck over there for like two months. They said so. You go ask them how they really felt. Knowing that their family was here and they had to be away, and ask them how they felt, and then put that into play, and then go to your players and say, "Okay, I know what I did was out of pocket, but you know, I I didn't think too too well on this. I should have came to you guys first. This is my this is what I think now. Work with those guys. Work with the city officials. Work with the fans because the fans are gonna have your back one hundred and twenty percent. Well, and the thing is though is he's just he's wanting Tampa the city itself to pick up more money of building the stadium because basically he's just trying to protect his own pockets. Listen, he's a Mets fan. Dude, go be a fan. He goes to Mets games all the time. He's he's pictured at Mets games all the time. Dude, go be a Mets fan then. Sell the team. Oh, this make your yeah, make your this money. Isn't a, it's not a, Yes, make your money. Go be a Mets fan. Live comfortably a, easily. This is an awful idea. You're an asshole for doing it and that's that's how I feel. Yeah, he's not a. You're not a Rays fan. You're a. He's the owner, and you can tell he's not even a Rays yeah, fan. Yeah, because most owners, most owners, you know, like the Bills owners, they they have their owners group. They own like three different uh, professional sports, mm-hmm. out of, you know, sports teams out of Buffalo. But their daughter is one of the most. She she's a world ranked tennis player right now. Mm-hmm. She goes everywhere rocking Bills mafia gear. She might not be a fan. But she's going to support, you know, what her parents are doing. And her parents do the same. So why wouldn't this man... You, I mean, I understand you you going to the Mets games. That's cool. But go to the Mets game and wear your team's shit. Yep. Speaking of Bill's Mafia, to get off this stupid-ass subject from this stupid-ass owner, um, I will say this. I will not watch a single game with him in Montreal. Y'all want to talk about TV viewerships? No, up? I'm, I wouldn't I do it I promise either. you. 
I, I will not either. watch a single game. And I know multiple people have told me this too. I will not watch a single game when they're in Montreal. Now, you said mention Bill's Mafia. I don't know why this just triggered my memory right now. Hey, Richard Sherman. Come on, baby. Um, I got to talk to another Bill's Mafia person over the past weekend oh, God. who knew of the show. This is like the fourth in a matter of like a week and a half. Well, that's lit. knew that's the lit. show. Shout out. And uh, he said you got to step your game up, your table game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had a guy tell dying. me, he said, he said the table must have been made in the U.S. and not oh, in China. Oh, God, that was funny. I was like, Jesus. And and shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Yuliana and Patrick. She sent me a, a video of some Bill's fans. They, they picked him Hey, up. breaking news real quick, because we are watching FN Network. Uh, Marlon Mack and the Colts have mutually agreed to seek a trade. Marlon Mack, please come to Tampa, because uh, Ronald Jones, for whatever, he's got mental issues going on, can't play. Giovanni Bernard is hurt, and uh, we don't need everything falling on Leonard and Fournette. Come on to Tampa, bro. Yeah, facts. Since um, Brady's leading <clears> the rushing yards. And give, him a, give him like a fifth-round pick. He'll come. Somebody. Something. Anyways, guys, this is the end of the show. The rest of the week when we uh, when we come back for the next episode will be more fantasy stuff um, because we have some cool fantasy news coming. And, uh, you know, it was pretty successful. We had a couple people win some money. Uh, I, you know, had some good luck this weekend. Um, in fact, I won. Not only did I win stuff in my, my daily fantasy, I also knocked Mr. I'm undefeated, but your team's still shitty off his perch. Um, <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Mr. I took a whoop ass and I'm a master. Um, hey, shout out Curtis's dad. Yeah. Um, welcome to it. Shout out, dad. Anyways, uh, guys, have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you in a few days, and we will be focused solely on mostly NFL fantasy and what's going to happen in week four. Guys, we are out. Peace.